This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am The Cute One. And I am Chelsea, and I am The Cute One. And today we will be joined by our returning cute one, Janine of Retro Avocado, to recap Can't Hardly Wait. But first, we have the writers and directors of this film, as well as a few other great movies of our generation. Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Oh my us. god, thank you for coming. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot right away. Which one of us is the cute one? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. You're both the cute one. That is some Donnie energy right there to be like, no, but tell us which one though. <laughs> but really. That is something I would do. <laughs> I'll let you know at the end of the interview. We'll see who gets hey, fair my enough. vote. <laughs> it's a cute competition. <laughs> so in terms of Can't Hardly Wait, how did that begin? Were you presented with the story like by a studio or this was like completely your brainchild that you then took to a studio? It actually came from us. I mean, we got to a point where we felt like we wanted to make a movie. We had written mm-hmm. some movies and they had gone to varying degrees well or not well. Uh, and I think it was us wanting to take some control uh, and just make a movie that we could direct. Uh, and it really came about, we thought, like, what resources do we have? I was an assistant on a desk at Sony and Robert Rodriguez had made El Mariachi. And we were friendly and, you know, he would talk about how he wanted to make a movie and he went over, you know, what do I have? I have a small town. I have a guitar. I have a pit bull. I have a bus. (laughs) And he used those resources and he made a film. So it, and it was inspiring. Like that was sort of the era when people were just sort of being renegade filmmakers again after a few years of not having done that. And so we went through our list of resources. How would we do that? And you're like, we have a pool house and Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> we, knew, we knew a lot of young actors who were out of work. So we thought, okay, yeah. let's just kind of age it down. And we started thinking, what's a movie you could do with very few locations? Uh, and we thought like, well, let's do a movie. If we, if we have a party, we could just basically throw a party over a long weekend and shoot the whole movie at the party. Uh, and that's kind of where it came from. And then we thought, okay, what parties could we do? And then we thought, well, nobody's really set a whole movie at a graduation party, a high school party. You know, we kept going to that. There was a high school party in Say Anything that we loved. And we thought, what if that's the whole movie? And then it just kind of grew from there. We got very lucky in that because we really did think we were going to just have to go off and raise the money and make this movie ourselves. But right when we finished the script, I think we wrote the script uh, in like the fall of 90, the winter of 96, maybe. And I think that winter Scream came out and did incredibly Mm. well. So suddenly studios, which had very little interest in teen movies before, were all looking for teen movies. 
So we had the script. So it very quickly became a studio movie, you know, modestly budgeted. It was right. but not a big budget. But suddenly then now we were not shooting in somebody's house. We built the set of the, the yeah. interior of a house and, and it, it, it kind of got larger than we thought. Oh, that's so cool. Does anything come to mind in terms of behind the scenes stories from set? Any memorable days that really stand out to either of you? Test of our memories. there was a day peter who played mike uh had had a baby at the time and he showed up on set one day with his eye swollen shut because his little baby got his finger just like he accidentally (gasps) stuck the baby stuck her her finger in his eye and it swelled shut he had like a scratch on his eyelid and he's like i can't i can't work today and (laughs) our our dp who'd been around forever said, oh, this is not, not a problem. Don't worry about it. He's like, we'll just put, we'll put that side of his face in shadow. We'll turn him a little <laughs> away from camera. You're never going to know. And we did. And it's the scene where he walks up to his friends who are dancing with the girlfriends saying like, why haven't you guys broken up with that? And if you, yeah. if you look, like half of his face is in shadow. You really can't see one of his eyes. You would never think. Yeah. Uh, but his eye was fully swollen shut in that scene. Wow. wow. Now I'm going to go rewatch that as I soon know. as we log off. <laughs> Movie yeah. magic. <laughs> Well, all right. That is it. Thank you both so much. We really appreciate your time. We had a great time. And so the verdict is? Oh, I was hoping you'd forget. (laughs) (laughs) And Donnie's the one that said he would answer. So I'm going to let him answer for both of us. (laughs) Oh, I'm sweating. Uh, You're really a pair that works so well together that I can't. That I refuse to pick one. No, this right. is karma because Donnie right. literally does this to our guests. So now I he do. knows how I'm it like, who do you like better, me or Chelsea? So now I'm never going to ask that again. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> You're welcome, Chelsea. <laughs> So that was a snippet of our interview with the writers and directors of Can't Hardly Wait. For the full interview with Deborah and Harry, check out our newly launched Patreon. Along with random bonus content, we will be posting the unhinged, uncut, and unedited version of our episode in both audio and video form. Each episode will be posted seven days after the episode originally airs, so keep those downloads coming. Now, what you've all been waiting for, let's recap Can't Hardly Wait with one of our favorite cuties, Janine of Retro Avocado. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be back. I'm happy you're back, too. (laughs) And I'm so happy that you're with us and that you got your surgery you're okay I was watching your stories and I was like oh no oh no yeah I know I made it through just for you guys this was what got me through as I was laying there in agonizing pain I was like I am going to be on this podcast and I better pull it together so I can watch this movie (laughs) and for listeners who are like what the fuck are you talking about Janine broke her elbow your elbow yeah I broke and dislocated my elbow in a roller skating accident <laughs> I didn't want to ask about the I have oh, yeah. seen the roller skating videos and I oh. didn't want to oh yeah Ooh. it is what it is y'all <laughs> you know it is what it is if you're gonna do it that's the way to do it like better that than stairs. exactly stairs right so well boring. the dumb thing is is like I actually had gotten pretty good that's the irony of it right I actually had gotten pretty good and I was like <laughs> doing all these tricks but I didn't fall doing anything crazy I literally fell in like Two seconds after I put my skates on and there I was doodling around waiting for 
someone to get out of the area I wanted to be in. And I just like randomly, there was a crack that appeared out of nowhere on the concrete and I was kind of going backwards. Nah. The crack disappeared. My foot got like stuck and I launched in the air and landed on my elbow. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> All right, guess my session is ending early. <laughs> Oh God! But you know the irony is my husband's on crutches right now too, so it's been an interesting oh um, last week. Janine, what happens and in your house? I don't know. It's Mercury retrograde, right? Oh, it I'm is. Telling it you. is. <laughs> Things are chaotic. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I'll use that to segue. Speaking of chaotic, we have merch now. So Chelsea is yes. wearing some of our merch. So if you're on Patreon, you can see how adorable it is. Chaos in the Dare logo. <laughs> I need to get that. <laughs> Thank you. Like the band Love Burger in this movie that we will be recapping, we do wear our own merch, but I shan't be wearing a cowboy hat anytime soon. <laughs> That's what you think. We'll start selling cowboy hat merch. Ooh, so no. go to IamTheCuteOne.com to shop our looks. And just like our personalities, the layout is quite chaotic. So be sure to sort by type of item you're looking for for just a little bit of a cleaner experience. So let us get started talking about Can't Hardly Wait. So it was released June 12th, 1998. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, my. That was a delayed gasp for my birthday, Donnie. For somebody who made me celebrate your birthday for an entire month, you did not put that together until I gasped. So shame on you. That's why I said, oh, wow, because I'm realizing it now. (laughs) Do you know my birthday off the top of your head? March. See, exactly. Because you do it for a whole month. How would anyone ever remember? March 20th. Oh, Janine, whose side are you on? March 20th. March 20th. I don't know. (laughs) Put her in here. (laughs) Fine. Yes. June 12th, 1998. The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica was the number one song in America. Godzilla, Deep Impact, and Titanic were top of the box office. Sex and the City premiered on HBO just the week before. And the biggest fashion trend was logos on everything. Were you like a logo on stuff whore? Um, I wanted to be. I think the closest I ever got was in high school. I did finally wear my parents down to get like a North Face jacket. Mm. But that was like the closest to the sun I got. Yeah, I didn't have money for the things that, like, I wanted a logo on. Like, if they had Kmart logos on stuff, I could have afforded that. Literally same. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't fitting into an Abercrombie hoodie. Yeah, I would go to Old Navy and they would have, like, you know, like a little owl or a little, like, rabbit (laughs) or just, like, a random animal. And I'm like, well, this will have to make do as I, like, pop my collar and my, like, $6 polo shirt. But it was not polo. 98. That was, I think, my limited two era Mm. when I could afford it, which was really just, like, an item for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I was like very much a JC Penny gal, mud, Ooh, mud yeah. jeans. Those were the name brands that I <laughs> had. Yeah, this at this time I was wearing bum equipment logos. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, bum equipment. I have to write that down. Now, I don't know if I should have been, but I, I was. In a school photo, no less, plaid with like a little patch that just said bum equipment. Wow, wow. Uh, my school photo in seventh grade got me the nickname Iggy because I looked like an iguana because my eyes were going in two different directions because I was blinking. And my poor English teacher, Mr. Morris, who is like still to this day my favorite teacher I ever had, he and I would always joke with each other. And I had like pretty thick skin as Donnie and I always say like talking shit is our love language. So like I very much had that like banter with him where he thought he could like make fun of me. So we were given <laughs> our 
photos during his class so he had had a sneak peek and he's like "Ooh, Chelsea wait till you see yours and he handed it to me and I just like burst into tears and he was like I am so sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry and my mom worked like my middle school and elementary school connected my mom worked in the elementary school and Mr. Morris came over like at the end of the school day to like apologize to my mom he was like I think I bullied your daughter today (laughs) now he did not give me the nickname Eggie Right. That would have been a, a bridge too far. <laughs> there was a girl in my ninth grade yearbook who, like, when they were printing photos, the, like, printer jacked up or whatever. So it was, like, her face and then, like, only the top of her eyes and then the rest oh, of her no. head. So she, like, when school photos came, she's like, I'm, I don't need them again. I'm just not going to buy it. Not realizing that this photo would then go into the yearbook. The yearbook. So, so now she has, like, no eyes. It's so good just eyelashes and a forehead that's amazing (laughs) that's tragic so as always we'll be continuing this conversation on thedip.com and you can use code spring for 95 percent off so chelsea before we throw this over to janine to give us the one minute recap have you seen this movie before today i had not in fact i texted you because So a little behind-the-scenes scoop for our listeners. We have a Google Doc that we just add to the outline for, and you had already been watching, so you had already, like, typed in some opening scene-type things. (laughs) I was very confused by the words that you had typed, and I realized that I watched the first two minutes of As Good As It Gets. Oh, no. (laughs) A little bit different. I was so confused. I'm like, what the fuck movie is Donnie watching? And then I was like, oh, thank God, actually, that I looked at this outline. Because if I watched that entire movie only to find out we were covering this, I would have been pissed. Yeah, it's pretty safe to say we'll never cover that movie because it's two hours and 20 minutes, I think. So some other podcast can cover that. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, color me intrigued. I love Jack Nicholson, but no thank you. I'll get the Spark Notes version of that. I didn't watch this movie until yesterday. This was your first time? Yeah, for some reason I missed it. I don't don't know. The cast of this movie was so good when we spoke with the writers we talked about this and I like an idiot was like oh my god there's so many cameos and they're like well this was 1998 so they were just (laughs) actors we didn't know they were going to be famous I'm like yeah but looking back a lot of cameos and also I know we pretty much say this every week but I loved this soundtrack Mm. oh my god same the whole time I was like, there's just banger after banger. And like, they just kept yes. playing like the, the good yeah. songs. I was like, I am going to look up the soundtrack. <laughs> yes, it really was like perfect high school party music, which mm-hmm. makes sense because that's what it was. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little bit of background and trivia about the movie. So some taglines that they used on the posters, there was like five, but I only picked my two favorite. One was an event 18 years in the making. And then the other one I really liked was yesterday's history. Tomorrow's the future. Tonight is the party. Cute. Yeah, I would have seen it if I saw that advertised. The budget on IMDb. Says ten million, but that doesn't sound right. Especially after talking to the writers, they were like, "It wasn't really a big budget." So ten million doesn't sound right, especially because the movie made twenty six million. So as for some trivia, I have a few bits. Melissa Joan Hart was in the middle of filming season two of Sabrina at the same time she filmed this, so she took B twelve vitamins to stay energized during all night shoots, <laughs> and she offered other members of the cast it. She's like, "You want to stay awake? Take some B twelve." And Jennifer Love Hewitt refused because she thought she was trying to give her drugs. 
So that's fun. <laughs> that explains a lot too. about her energy level in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love stories of Melissa Joan Hart during this time period. There's that <laughs> iconic one of that one photo shoot she did where she had been like up all night rolling on Molly and like rolled in. <laughs> she was coming down. Do, have you not heard about this? No. I don't know what photo shoot it is. I'll try to I find the interview she gave about this. But if you look at those pictures, she looks like she's coming <laughs> down from a night of rolling on Molly. So that's probably why Jennifer Love Hewitt thought it was not just B12. She probably saw that photo shoot. Like, she's a bad influence. <laughs> Jennifer Lafayette, I think, was just, like, very naive and afraid of everything. Because she also mm-hmm. gave Ethan Embry breath mints before their kissing scene. Because she said she was sure his breath would stink because all he did was smoke pot in his trailer. But he <laughs> has said at a later date that he was glad she gave them to him because he had cotton mouth from smoking pot in his trailer. So he was like, <laughs> it really helped me out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, last question before we get to that synopsis. What character in this movie do you identify as? I think I am William the Nerd. How? Just because (laughs) I love a grudge. I love Mm. revenge. But also, like William, I do often get sidetracked when, like, the vibes (laughs) are good, where I just, like, will totally forget. And I'm like, oh, this party is awesome. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it now. (laughs) I think I'm a hybrid of... Three. There's only one right answer, so we'll see if one of your three is the correct one. Well, no, you'll find out there's three right answers. Hmm. So it's the girl whose house the party is at, because I think I would be on high alert. Like, her ears were perked up and her tail was up the whole movie. <laughs> she was like, get out of the fridge! That would be me. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, I'm Melissa Joan Hart, getting yes. everyone to sign the yearbook. And I'm Jamie Presley, who stays asleep on the couch, even though the cops are breaking up the party. Okay. There are three correct answers. Uh, okay, you're right. that's so funny because I was trying to nail down my answers and it was between those three <gasps> or a combo of Melissa Joan Hart and the girl whose house the party wow. was at too. Ding, ding, ding. Oh my God. Yeah, that makes up for you taking Chelsea's side about me not knowing her <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So now, Janine, I know I've teased it like five times so far, but now is the time. We'll put one minute on the clock and you can recap the movie. So, it's a high school party, and everyone's lives are going to change as a result of this party. Our protagonist, Preston, is extremely thirsty for no real reason over this girl that he uh, went to class with, and he noticed her, like, in five minutes, and then that was the last that he really talked to her. (laughs) But for some reason, he's obsessed with her, Mm -hmm. so he spends the entire party obsessing over her, and she doesn't know he exists. And then she finds a letter that he wrote, and somehow, in some mysterious way, it gets back to her. And um, she falls in love with him, apparently. I don't know. (laughs) And in the midst of all this, we have all of the typical high school tropes being subverted in various ways and um, a lot of fun and uh, tomfoolery (laughs) happens. Oh, and then there's an angel stripper. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Oh, God, you sure did. (laughs) So, like you said, Can't Hardly Wait begins at graduation, where we hear the graduating seniors whisper of being nude under their gown, finally getting the courage to ask out their crushes, gossip about Mike Dexter and Amanda Beckett's epic breakup, and talk of the big party happening that night. Was I a loser? I mean, yes, but (laughs) after graduation, all I did was eat at Red Lobster with my family. Like, there was no big party that I know of. Same. I had a little get-together and, like, luncheon at my house. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was kind of lame in high school though. I didn't really party until college. So like all of these high school parties I see, I'm like, I don't know what high school people went to back well, then. Well, yeah, there are people like Chelsea's husband walking this earth that are like, my high school years were just like euphoria. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, well, that's what? a whole other issue that he's like, oh, I love watching euphoria. It's so nostalgic. It just takes me back. I'm like, mm, pardon? Oh my God. Because I'm not at that level but I did go to a party like the night of my graduation I remember we played slap the bag we got like a big bag of Franzia and then you would play slap the bag where you would hit it as hard as you could and then like chug out of it it was like a whole thing but yeah I mean I did go to like Applebee's with my great grandmother but then later in the evening then we were bag slapping yeah (laughs) slap the bag Yeah, no, none of that at my high school one. My college one, my apartment furniture had all been moved out already. So I had friends sleep over on the bare floor. And then we like drank. And then I made straight boys watch gay porn with me. (laughs) Not in like a seductive way. Like their girlfriends who are now their wives. This wasn't cruel intentions for God's sake. No, no, this was (laughs) just like a bonding experience. I was like, this is what I do for fun. You want to do it too? Yeah, it was That's like, there is like a month long period my freshman year of college where where two girls, one cup was oh, really never big. Watched and it. I, oh, no. I was that bitch at the party that was like, you haven't seen it? Come over here. I'm going to peel your eyes open. You're going to no. like, I feel like I am responsible personally for like at least 1,000 of those downloads. Wow. You yeah. are one That's amazing. Pop. You've traumatized <laughs> so, so many, many people. people. I traumatized myself. It's not like oh. I was like sitting there like, ooh, this is enjoyable. <laughs> you just had to have, make everyone suffer with you. You're like, I just have suffered <laughs> and I can't suffer alone. It's the same impulse as like when you clean out your fridge and there's something that smells so bad and you have to like be like, no, but you have, come here. You need to smell this. It's disgusting. You know, just me. I can't relate because I just immediately throw out the full Tupperware. I'm like, no, I can't. Me too. Oh, see, I guess I'm just like a masochist. I refuse to smell it. I refuse. I'm like, no, I just know. I can't handle it. That's okay. You live your best life. Uh, I mean, true. last yeah. episode, I admitted to just reading vulture recaps of This Is Us. And this episode, I'm admitting to like purposely smelling bad things. So, I mean, we're really getting somewhere with my psyche. <laughs> In a couple episodes, we'll get to the root of it. Yeah. A straight jacket <laughs> is where we'll get. I think. <laughs> so, we are introduced to each character yearbook style where their like picture flashes on the screen. And then we get their dreams and aspirations and quotes. Did your yearbook have quotes for every student? I can't remember. Oh, wow. I don't look at my yearbook 72 no. times a year. because I do. Yeah, thank you, Janine. I only look twice a year, and I'm in the yearbook 72 times. Don't get your number confused. Um, do you remember your quote, Janine? Yes, it was Coco Chanel. In order to be irreplaceable, one must always be different. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I was like obsessed with uh-huh. Chanel. Like I thought I was like so bougie. So I got a fake Chanel purse in Chinatown on my visit in New York City and I brought it back to my like uh-huh. little country high school thinking I was Bella Hadid or something. No, you know. knew you were. You didn't think you were. <laughs> yeah. Mine was money can't buy happiness, but it can buy a lot of other things. And, oh. then, and then we had we got to list our like hobbies too. And I put getting haircuts as my favorite hobby. <laughs> Wow, wow, That's wow. hilarious. I mean, I love a yeah, good haircut. I felt like Madonna. <laughs> a new look every week. So with that, 
Preston Myers has been in love with Amanda since her first day of school when he witnessed her eating a strawberry Pop-Tart, the very same breakfast pastry that he was consuming that fateful day. Chelsea's sighing already, so get ready, folks. Buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) We we are going to a women's studies course this afternoon. Amanda is recently single. More on that later. So Preston writes her a love letter to give to her at the party, and his best friend and eighth-grade girlfriend... Denise Fleming is trying to talk him out of giving it to her but Barry Manilow's Mandy plays on the radio and that's the only sign he needs he knows he'll be giving her the letter tonight okay about Preston so I love the actor that plays Preston he was Bobby Ray in Sweet Home Alabama I did recognize him oh yeah but this dude gives me the heebie-jeebies like I hate him we really as a society like celebrated creeps in the early aughts like oh this guy's a stalker who's put a woman on a pedestal and has completely unrealistic expectations of her that she will ultimately never live up to it's so sweet i don't find anything about this love story endearing it's unsettling to me I agree. I wholeheartedly. It's like the nice guy syndrome to kind of vibes. It was very off-putting. And I was like, really? This is the whole plot? I was like, surely there's like more to this. No. And that was literally the main thing. I was like, okay. Yeah, it is nice guy syndrome because there's something like insidious about a guy who is almost going to like weaponize his niceness. Like in a weird way, I'd almost rather you just be a total douche to my face than try to like make me feel bad about how nice you're being to me. You know, yeah. I mean, everything you're saying is making sense. It's just hard for me to agree with you because I, in middle school, wrote a love letter to this girl where I wrote, I love you a hundred times and put it in her locker. And then she wrote, I hate you a hundred times and put it in my locker. Traumatized. <laughs> that is yes, cold. I know. So wow. everything you're saying is right. But as a former Preston... Aww. Well, maybe it's just that, you know, I feel like it's something you just have to learn as, as yeah, you grow yeah. up. But the sad thing is there are men that are not That's in high true. school anymore that are still acting like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My thing, too, is I just didn't find her very appealing as far as like a personality. I'm like, she's so dry to me. I'm like, why do you like her? Like, she's pretty. That's right. it. Like, there's, she's not funny. She's not witty. Or she's not smart. Yeah. Like, she's literally just she's an angelic glowing halo around her and beautiful, bouncy hair. And, and like, what else? Give me some right. more. So much so to the point where she knows she doesn't have to try because all she wore was this tank top to the party. It was like a Lululemon athletic, <laughs> like a Halara thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's cute, but yeah, like this other, the other girl, the girlfriend to one of the mm. footballer people. Yeah. Was she had like the, yes. the uh, twisties and then the, the like lacy dress, like she was killing it. Like all those girls were killing it. And then the old, little old man just pops on in with her yeah. athleisure. <laughs> that's a girl that's afraid Absolutely. of B12 vitamins. <laughs> mm. She's like Sandy from uh, Greece. Yeah. Yes, before the cigarette. Right. <laughs> so Mike broke up with Amanda because he doesn't want to go to college tied down by a high school girl. So all of his friends decide they'll do the same. However, that quickly turns out to be a lie as his friends spend the entire party with their girlfriends. Did you? I didn't have a choice because I was single in high school. Did you go to college in a relationship or did you break up? Ooh, 
I'll let you go first. Uh-uh. So. <laughs> so I went to college in a relationship. So I had the same boyfriend like throughout high school. And it was funny. We broke up for his freshman year when I was still a senior. But we got back together that summer. We were like, okay, we're not going to do the turkey drop. We're not going to be the people that break up halfway through first semester he came to visit me in like the late fall and we all got drinking tickets and he was banned from campus like he was not allowed to return to campus and then I broke up with him two weeks later wow so yeah but he is a sweetie we're still friends to this day like we got together with our families he has kids it's like a whole thing that's cute what's the turkey drop the turkey drop is when people go to college together and then they come home for Thanksgiving break and they break up. Oh. I've never heard of that either. No, me neither. It must be a Maryland thing. Must be a Mar- <laughs> I, went, I went to high school in the South, so I don't know about no turkey drop. Okay, so tell us your story, Janine. Oh, God. She thought we weren't going to follow up. <laughs> Trauma. So... This was like my very first like serious relationship, right? And I started dating this guy this summer before my senior year. And then he was actually going to go to another college after high school graduation. And then he ended up surprising me and was like, I'm going to go to college with you. I'm going to go to your college. And we were not studying the same majors or anything. But at first I was like, oh my God, like he really loves me. This is amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it did not end well (laughs) we it was a very very toxic relationship it was like a really horrible messy Mm. breakup we are not friends we do not communicate um i actually saw him at a wedding of a mutual friend and he left at the reception i don't know if it was because i was there (laughs) but also that mutual friend was like oh yeah i didn't tell (gasps) you that the other would be there that is like, oh, oh, why did you do that because everyone knew like how messy it was and it just was like a whole thing anyway so I would say anyone listening, don't do that. Don't switch colleges to be with your high school (laughs) girlfriend. Yeah, it just did not end well. So it was just funny that you brought that up because I was like, yeah, this was just that one. Sorry, Janine. Yeah, sorry we (laughs) just made you relive your trauma. No, 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 it's okay. Like, I am happily married. Like, everything is okay in my life. It's just like, man, when I think back on that time, and I wish that I had, like, the guts to stand up for myself more, too. Like, I put up with so much back then. But, you know, don't you just wish you could go back and, like, with the knowledge you have? I'm like, I endured so much misery and turmoil for no reason. I hate that when you're like, ugh. Well, you know, you have to grow over yeah. time. So. It's such a learning <laughs> lesson, though. And wow. sorry for uh, making you relive that. No, it's, <laughs> it's really okay. Well, also, I mean, that story wasn't exactly happy, but you said something that really disturbed me when you said anybody listening out there <laughs> – when you go to college, if there are high schoolers listening to this, please turn it off. You should not be getting any life advice. What Janine just said is that's the best thing you're going to get from us. So shut it off. Don't take any life advice Uh, from us, please. Well, when she said the word protagonist earlier this episode, I knew she was the smartest person to ever come on this podcast, (laughs) us included. I was like, this is the woman that should have a podcast, not us. Maybe, maybe one day. It'll just be me rambling. I'll listen. So, Kenny Fisher comes to the party prepared with a love kit, a condom pinned to his shirt, and a list of the ten women he wants to have sex with, but he finds out very fast that nobody is into him. So, like, Kenny's motivation for this party is clearly a problem, but I will say I almost bought his goggles when I was in in high school because this is pre-contacts, and 
uh, my mom's health insurance could buy me two pairs of glasses. So one, I bought a regular pair. And then the second pair, I ended up getting sunglasses with prescription lenses. But the eye doctor had goggles with prescription glasses. And I wanted them. Prescription goggles? Yes, and I wanted them so bad. It's for sports. Oh. Or to wear on your head when you go to a party. Like Kenny did. Of course. Or like, if you want to be in a boy Yeah, band, I love like that. AJ McLean. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will say, and this was only one time, but one time I went to a gay club and I rolled the sleeves of my shirt up and I stuck condoms around the side. No, you did not. I did. So people knew that it was, the option was on the table. They said, he's safe. Yeah, I went home not using one of them. Not because I was into raw dogging, but because nobody, <laughs> people looked at my outfit and said, uh, you're fine. <laughs> no, thanks. You know, the thing I love about this Patreon option <laughs> is that the people watching this are able to see what's happening when I'm just silent for a long period of time, because I just went through the stages of grief. Oh, my God. Every episode, every episode. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. So Kenny finds his entrance into sleeping with a woman when a sad and desperate girl 
Whitney from Bring It On, I need to make a point here, tells him to meet her in the pool house. So he runs upstairs to the bathroom to prepare. Now, I just brought up Whitney from Bring It On. So let's just talk about all the, and again, we use the word cameos, but really these people, it was probably their first job. And then they went on to be in things we knew them from, but truly a star-studded event. When Selma Blair came on the screen, oh my I god, gasped, yeah, gas! And it was like a two-line role. Yeah, Jason Siegel. Uh-huh. I went through the full range of emotions because <laughs> I was so excited to see Jason Siegel, who looked so young. And again, when we interviewed the writers of this movie, they said that that literally was his very yeah. first acting job. But then uh-huh. the pendulum had to swing because somebody from my official nemesis list, Jerry Motherfucking O'Connell. <laughs> Wait, who who did he play? He played the guy that like came back and had warts on his feet, and he had gone to college. Oh, and- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, everybody. Jan from the Brady Bunch movie was literally just like passed around. What do you call that? Crowd surfing. She had no lines. <laughs> just just crowd surfing. And Tara from Buffy, um, literally just like stares at a banana for one scene. No lines in that either. So I don't know if. Everybody was a star, but they were all stars to me. Trudy Tucker from Teaching Mrs. Single. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, I was I was in a sweat watching this movie. And that <laughs> is the fun part of now that I have, you know, I've got a good number of movies under my belt. Now I'm starting to recognize people. Yes. I could not say a single person's name, but I'm like, oh, that one girl from that one movie that we covered. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm here for. I think our final, final, final episode should be not another teen movie because then that will bring everything mm. together. To oh, yeah. Us. Brilliant. So at the same time that Kenny is getting sex ready, Denise comes upstairs to wash a brownie out of her hair. It's a long story. <laughs> not really, I guess. Someone threw it at her head and then tried to lick it off. So Denise and Kenny end up getting locked in the bathroom together. So when she, like, takes a bite of that brownie and she's like, this is disgusting and, like, throws it, we used to make the most disgusting weed food in college. We called them firecrackers. And basically it was, like, the poor man's version of a weed brownie. We would just take a pile of weed and bake it into, like, oil-based natural Uh peanut butter because, you know, I'm a chemist, so that would, like, forge it together somehow and, like, activate the THC. So we would have, like, peanut butter that had just, like, chunks of weed in it, and then we would put it on a graham cracker. It was truly the most disgusting thing. Like, there was, first of all, no way of regulating how much weed is in it. It (laughs) tasted like cardboard, and it would just fuck you up and I remember one specific time it was right around the time that I first started dating my husband Dr. Bald not a medical doctor just a man that went bald at 22 but he came around and we were going to eat these firecrackers and we were going to have like a movie marathon day and we each got to pick a movie and he chose Milo and Otis I don't know if you (gasps) are familiar so I'm going to take it dark for a second I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty but before this movie starts as these firecrackers are beginning Beginning to work, he tells us about like the extensive animal abuse that took place on set. Uh. And to this day, that is the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I still dated and married this man afterwards. I'm like, why did you think that this would be like a fun movie to bring to this day? That's already a sad movie. And I didn't even know any of the other stuff. 
it's already like devastating. Yeah. I remember crying so hard watching that movie. It's okay. Chelsea wants don't to make Google. sure you cry more. I don't want to even research <laughs> this. No, but no, I'll take his word for it. Anywho, Aww. back to the movie. Well, wait, my weed brownie story. This guy from my restaurant job, he gave me one, and I had never taken a weed brownie before. So he was like, "Only eat half." So I ate half, and then it didn't do anything. Oh, no. So then I ate the other half. Needless mm. to say, I was in bed that night and I tried to get my husband's attention <laughs> I felt like I was paralyzed like I could just move my pinky to, to try oh to get God. his attention so he's like what is wrong and then I was like the tin man from Wizard of Oz I was like <laughs> pee pee <laughs> so, then, so then he knew I had to use the restroom but I couldn't walk so then he had to like carry me as I kept falling against the wall and then when we got to the bathroom he had to hold my penis and aim it for me that's true love it is and we're surprisingly still together to this day wow (laughs) preston spends the party trying to track amanda down to give her the note and as soon as he does he is approached by a classmate who looks approximately 32 years that is generous you think older yes first of all one extra had a mustache i thought it was carl winslow i was like (laughs) why is he at this party (laughs) but it wasn't him but this extra is old as hell yeah. yeah. I was expecting their big reveal to be he's like their teacher. No, he wasn't. Mm-mm. Went to middle school <laughs> with them, apparently. I guess so. Middle school with the writers, maybe. So Amanda's cousin brings her in another room to let her vent and also to kiss her. So why did this have to be her cousin? Why? I know. <laughs> if I had the balls, I would have asked the writers that. Why did he have to be her cousin? It was already, it could have been creepy enough of like a neighbor or like a family friend. Why did it have to be the cousin? They did clarify second cousin, but (laughs) creepy, creepy man in the silk shirt. Truly gross. She pulls away, obviously. But before she pulls away, Preston walks in and he's so upset that Amanda's kissing somebody that he throws the letter out before leaving the party brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. And again, I say this guy sucks. Like, this guy (laughs) sucks. These movies enabled an entire generation of sad saps who believe that they are, like, entitled Mm -hmm. to the women Mm -hmm. of their dreams. This man in present day, Preston in 2022, is... That guy that like comes up to you and buys you a drink that you didn't ask for and then is like, I bought you a drink, you ugly bitch, when you won't go home with him. Like, I'm sorry. I wasn't aware that a $2 Bud Light was the price point of my vagina, sir. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're so right, though. You're so right. Yeah, when I look at this movie through a woman's <laughs> eyes, now I, I finally understand. Thanks, both of you. And I think that's why we also put up with so much stuff mm-hmm. back then. And, like, you know, high school me, it's, like, all you see are these movies and shows where it's, like, this is such a normal dynamic mm-hmm. for a relationship mm-hmm. and things. And so you're, like, oh, yeah, like, this is just how it is. It's cute. Yeah, between <laughs> shit like this and then like oh he's just bullying you because he likes you women are really set up for failure yes <laughs> look You're at you so Donnie right. I know did you just earn da 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 an honorary women's studies degree presented <laughs> to Donnie Hatfield Smith <laughs> on this you. day I thought you were going to give me an honorary vagina and I was like I don't want it <laughs> you don't want it <laughs> yeah, I'll take the honorary women's study degree <laughs> so, Denise spends her time stuck with Kenny to tell him how hurt she is that he ditched her in middle school for better friends so they have a heart to heart which leads to a kiss which leads then to kenny losing his virginity to denise on the bathroom floor now 
I want to know, because I was both, were you the ditchy or the ditcher or neither of your childhood friends as you segued into like your young adult life? I was neither. I had like the same group of best friends since like fifth grade. So there's still a group of like five of us that are still friends to this day. You know, we've been friends since forever. Love that. I actually have the same situation. Like one of my very best friends, like I've known her since first grade. We lived in Georgia most of our lives and now we live in Brooklyn together. But yeah, I don't feel like I ditched anybody or or anybody really ditched me except for I did have a situation where so my next door neighbor she was five years older than me and for whatever reason I guess I I was mature for my age I don't know um we just ended up really clicking and that was all well and good until she got to be like a teen and like 16 17 and then I you could tell like her friends thought she was lame for being friends with a how old was I? Yeah. 12 year old, yeah. <laughs> you know? So she kind of ditched me. Um, and I remember being like, that was kind of sad, but like, I also understood. Yeah. And, like I felt weird. And cause like they were all older and I was like in real, like conservative Christian homes. Like mm. they started like talking about certain things and I'm yeah. like, I'm a baby. It was an interesting friendship because I feel like that's kind of unusual around that age, like to have such an age gap, but for whatever yeah. reason, yeah. like we were besties so that's that's one. It was just an interesting friendship, but you know, sure. it was a good time. Yeah, the time I was ditched, it was like that. Like my neighbor was two years older than me, so he went to middle school two years before me. Yeah. And then when he was in eighth grade, I showed up at school in sixth grade and still like expected to be his friend, and he acted like I didn't exist. Obviously, Aww. so that was when I was ditched. And then when I ditched hypothetically no this happened i my church friends were like one group and they were all in different elementary school and middle schools than me so then when we all went to the same high school i was like oh my god what have i done (laughs) what have i done we know you don't like to mix friend Mm -hmm. groups yeah no for sure this is not the name i've made for myself in school so then i was like yeah these church people um this isn't gonna work for me so that is when i ditched somebody but to like reclaim not being a terrible person i do want to point out that my best friend to this day is my friend since first grade so like i didn't ditch everybody just people from church well, there's people you just outgrow sometimes. Yeah, I had church true. friends that I also outgrew. Doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> well, no, at the time I was because it was truly just like uh, I well. don't want people to see me with you. But like in hindsight, we probably would have grew apart anyway. Yeah, you just you just did it earlier rather than later. You just yeah, exactly. nipped it in the bud. <laughs> I had things to do. (laughs) So in a route straight out of the Family Circus comic strip, (laughs) Preston's letter makes its way from the trash to a hockey game to a record player and then ends up right in front of Amanda in like a bowl of Cheez-Its or something. So she (laughs) reads the letter and spends the rest of the party trying to find him because she's so moved. But he has already left the party and is trying to call Barry Manilow from a payphone to ask him if Mandy is about a girl or a dog. But he's interrupted by a stripper dressed as an angel, played by Princess of Scientology, Jenna Elfman. Kirstie Alley is the queen of Scientology. (laughs) So she tells him a story about how she blew her chance with Scott Bayo at a meet and greet and that fate only takes you so far and then you have to take the rest in your hands. So then he decides to go back to the party. Okay. <laughs> so random. Yep. <laughs> I loved her little outfit. I actually have a funny Barry Manilow story. <gasps> do you? So do you remember that um, concert that they had, the homecoming concert in New York, where it was like 
last summer, they had this big concert. It was like, that'd be the first concert post COVID. So I was in attendance of said event. And so we get to about three quarters of the way through. Barry Manilow is playing his set. He's in the middle of Copacabana. <laughs> and next thing you know, it starts thundering and raining. No. All of a sudden you hear the announcement, everybody leave the area at once. <laughs> leave the area at once. Poor Barry Manilow, he had his ear <gasps> monitors and he did not hear this. So he's like still singing Copacabana <laughs> and, and looking out on the audience as we're all just like, freaking out like what is going on like looking disturbed and like in my mind i'm just like poor barry Manilow. like he thinks that we hate him yeah he couldn't hear and eventually he found out and he he just had to like end the song and, and oh my god but this made like national news i guess because of what happened where it was on cnn and anderson cooper they had to like fill time like they were live airing the show and they had yeah. to fill time for like an hour and barry manilow ended up calling in to anderson cooper's show and like they're like finish your song barry Aww. and he like finished the song and and meanwhile we were all like hovering because we thought like they might let us back in to finish yeah. it because there were a lot of acts still left like people yeah. wanted to see and we we're like yeah they might let us back in when the rain settles down they never did but we we're all hu huddling around our phones listening to the cnn broadcast <laughs> anyway the most oh i God. felt sad was for barry Manilow because i'm yeah. like the poor guy like he was so happy to be able yeah. to sing and <laughs> And then he just gets cut off and, and doesn't doesn't know what's happening. Oh my god. He probably thought people were so upset that Lola's boyfriend got <laughs> shot at the Copacabana. They're like, fuck this song. Like, yeah, he's older. Like, he probably was just confused. I don't know. Well, in a way, it's kind of good everybody was freaking out instead of just, like, getting up and leaving. Imagine yeah. you, like, hit a note and all of a sudden, like, thousands of people just leave. Just evacuate. Like, anyway, that's my bare metal story. Wow. I was just... Think That's of the incredible. Poor guy. It was, it's so random. It's so and random. And fate really does exist. Jenna Elfman as a stripper is right. Because what are the chances that our guest had a Barry Manilow story for this episode? <laughs> I think nobody else we could have contacted would have one. It's fate, you know? <laughs> it is. So Mike realizes he made a mistake once he hears that college girls don't like to have sex with college boys. So he drunkenly asks Amanda back out. She stands her ground, though, and in front of the whole party tells him absolutely not. <laughs> so every boy that's ever had a crush on her comes to tell her their pervy thoughts and it's then that Preston arrives back at the party to confess his love for her and thinking that he's just another creeper she tells him to get a life but like I don't want to belabor the point but I'm gonna belabor the point he is just one of those creepers I agree with you now like the fact that Amanda doesn't even know who Preston is makes all of this so much creepier like he has concocted this entire rom-com in his mind involving like strawberry pop tarts but the reality is he's just a weird little stalker who watches a girl while she eats. Yeah. But also, like, he didn't just see her that one time. That's the only time he told us about. But she was in his Do class. Do we want to know where else he was watching her, Donnie? <laughs> all right. He never just talked to her at all. Like, you have to just be silently creepy stalking <laughs> her for forever. Like, you can't be like, hey, like, how's the homework? Hey, noticed you like strawberry Pop-Tarts. Me too. So that's my advice to any guys listening. <laughs> Don't be a creeper, man. Yeah. Just talk. It's okay. You're just dropping the life advice today. Truly are. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> 
So Amanda decides she needs to find out who wrote her this letter. So she grabs Melissa John Hart's yearbook to find the author of this wonderful letter. And she sees that it is the boy she just yelled at. So she's upset and she leaves just before the cops break up the party. So then the next morning at a local diner, Denise, who may or may not be in a relationship with Kenny now, says goodbye to Preston before he heads to Boston for a writing workshop. And it is odd that the whole class is at this diner, right? Like two of them spent the night in jail and they're still here for breakfast. Where are their parents? Yeah, this is like college brunch behavior. Like, can you believe what happened last night? This is me eating free eggs that I already paid for at the beginning of the year. Like that is when you talk at brunch about what happened last night. Not high school. That's true. That's true. I was going to say, we did go to Waffle House quite a lot in in high school, but that was more like post theater show like yes. it wasn't really like morning after mm-hmm. vibes no. generally yeah. <laughs> so at the train station amanda asks preston about the letter but he tells her he's going to be late for his train and then changes his mind and kisses her and we learn through a chiron that seven hours later preston finally boards a train to boston and amanda writes him a letter every day that he's away and they are still together to this day you two don't like that i guess <laughs> Take it away, Janine. Where's the foundation for this relationship? What do they know about each other? She literally has no personality. And the first person who, like, expresses any interest in her, like, even when she goes to the train station and she's like, well, okay, I guess I'll try to be single maybe for a while. I guess everything happens for a reason. It's like, yes, maybe you should because you literally did not know who this person was six hours ago. I had to rewind that scene a couple times to put it in my notes because when I was trying to figure out what that scene was about, she was so boring that like my thoughts wouldn't follow through the whole scene. So when I rewound it, I was like, what is this bitch saying? I don't know. This might be blasphemous because I know you love her, but no, no. Is Jennifer Love Hewitt, is she really fucking boring? Like as a person? We know about the B12 vitamins, but like there's <laughs> okay. not a lot happening there for me. I will agree that Julie James is the worst part of I Know What You Did Last Summer, but there is still something iconic about Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I don't know what it is, but it's there. Mm-hmm. She's great in Heartbreakers. You've never seen it. I've you? seen Heartbreakers. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's great in that. I think she was just in this movie. Maybe it was just the direction and her age. Like, I just wish they would have made her more likable. I'm like, you're the lead female in this movie like i guess it's that we truly like we don't know anything about mm -hmm. her except for her connection and proximity to the men who are interested Mm -hmm. in her like she just kind of went around with like Hmm. Energy, yeah. you know? So the movie ends with us finding out the futures of everybody through Chirons. Was this the first movie we've had with Chirons? I feel like they're in every teen movie, but this is the first one we've had. Like, it's in Legally Blonde, I know, but we never covered that We haven't that covered yet. that yet, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is our first one, because for me, yeah. I was like, oh, what a new thing. I haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> nope, they're everywhere. Just not in the 15 movies we covered. I like that William basically... Was Mark Zuckerberg. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
final oh. thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to the sequel be? I'll go first. I feel like a sequel should happen at a reunion, but I cast a remake instead because besides it taking place at a reunion, I don't I didn't know anything like plot-wise that would happen. Mm-hmm. Now, since you've pointed out how creepy Preston is this whole episode, mm-hmm. I feel like it's even creepier what I'm about to say, but let's just go with it. I watched Senior Year and loved it this week. So I cast the gay friend from that, Joshua Coley, as Preston. Um, And then Amanda, I cast, like, she would be like a jock football player boy, and the gay boy confesses his love for him. But again, after hearing you talk the whole hour, it does sound kind of like harassment, especially if this jock boy doesn't identify as gay but we're going with it anyway god bless so mason gooding is he's your new kiki palmer he is because i said mason gooding as always in my notes is amanda he's just when i think of like hot big man on campus mason gooding i would be behind the bleachers every week for mason gooding if i was a high school he's 25 chelsea relax oh i'm allowed to say okay and then um, Denise Fleming would be the lead girl from Never Have I Ever. And they're the only three I cast. Okay. So the way you can make that not creepy and it could actually be like a very sweet love story is you flip it where there is like an openly out and proud gay boy. And then you have that the football player, star football player has been like in love with him but hasn't been out yet and okay. is like coming to terms with his sexuality and professes his love for him. Cute. I think that's just Love, Simon, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll make some tweets. But you know, I haven't seen it, so it's original in my <gasps> brain. Oh my God, I'm adding... Uh, June is Pride Month, but it's also your birthday, so I might have to pull out one of your birthday movies to, to cover Love, Simon. Um, so that's homophobic towards me because I'm a bisexual <laughs> woman, Donnie, so... I know, but you have to watch Love, Simon. <laughs> Okay, we'll cover it. It'll be July 1st. Happy Pride. It's a double feature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a double feature. Okay. So I did a plot to a sequel and like you were going to. I just said, get all these people as a reunion. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it would be so fun to get all of the cameos that we see. I think the payoff would be amazing to see like Jason Siegel say one single line or like, you know, Melissa Joan Hart, Donnie's favorite, coming back to <laughs> reprise her role as the cracked out yearbook person (laughs) yeah it would be great so i like to think of casting so i have like a full cast oh please yes this is how i would do it amanda would be dove cameron Uh uh-huh because she's kind of dry to me and but she's really really pretty and like angelic vibes but like she doesn't really have a personality no. Kenny would be Timothy Chalamet. Okay, uh-huh. I feel like uh-huh. it could be funny. Yes. Yeah. Denise Zendaya. Oh. Mike. I had a hard time with Mike because I'm like, who are the like hunky jock types? All I can think of was Zac Efron, but okay. like he's a little old. That. I also had a hard time with like who are the like young teen movie leads? Yeah. And I'm like, I think we just don't have this genre anymore no. like we used to. Like no. comedic slapstick actors. That, like yeah. all of these young actors are like so serious. I'm like, oh, I can stretch them in some comedy. <laughs> That's why we had to start offering a sequel option too. Because every week people would just come on and say the cast of Euphoria. It's like, this is not a segment anymore because we're literally just saying the same people. Oh, I have, I have non-Euphoria characters for the rest. So the angel... <laughs> Florence Pugh. Oh, okay. 
Okay, but she could add some depth to the role. I think anyone besides Jenna Elfman could add depth to the role. <laughs> I do love Jenna Elfman, Burn. though. Dharma and Greg. I love Dharma and Greg. Okay, so have you seen... Uh, this is one of my like shows that I, I love so much, so I'll, I will probably always name a character from the show, but on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the guy who plays Josh Chan, I yes. feel like he could be Preston. Because he he's be got that naivete to him. But like in an endearing way, like I feel like he could make it cute. Mm-hmm. And then the nerd character, Gaten Matarazzo from Stranger Things. <gasps> yeah. Wouldn't that be cute? Yeah, you did a great really job. Really any of the Stranger Things kids <laughs> could apply. So I would just cast the whole nerd, nerd group out of all the strings. <laughs> so I, that was all that I cast. That was my main casting. No, that was Oh, no, 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 one more. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly as one of the other homeboys, the one that whips oh, out the yeah. slur. <laughs> or maybe Chet Hanks for that one. Oh, both of them. You just cast the other two. Not that we would keep that in it, but oh my God. When I saw that, I was like, wow. Uh-huh. But also, I mean, in a movie, it's problematic, which leads to our next segment. But also, like, in terms of what happens in real life, it's still No, happens. no, it's definitely representative <laughs> of, like, actual life. Right. But it's so hard to even represent something like that oh, in a sure. comedic way like you know what i mean yeah, it was yeah, a punchline yeah. the yeah. word was literally like a punchline and then a record scratch right right right, right. and like i yeah. they reacted to it you know negatively but it's like you still couldn't get away with that setup no nor should you these <laughs> days it was very jarring it's like whoa well again when we did the interview with the writers it was funny because they referenced like ooh, yeah a lot of this stuff does not really hold up from this movie. So I guess that moves us to our final, final thoughts sure. of what about this movie for us aged well and what aged like blockbuster. And for me, it was, like you said, just some of the slurs. There was a lot of like blatant homophobia. There yes. was a lot of the F word. The fact that the whole setup of like the way the nerd was going to get back at the jock was to like basically make it look like he was involved in like a gay orgy. Just right. a lot of... Yeah. A lot of that. That's what I put too. I, just the gay panic and homophobia. Like when Amanda told Mike that, like, no, we're done, someone in the crowd just yelled the F slur at him. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> right. And this is coming from someone that uses the F slur at least seven times a day. So, like, I have no problem with the word in it. I was impressed that you didn't just yell it out to reenact it, Donnie, with restraint. Because I use it seven times a day, I know not everyone in mixed company enjoys hearing it. So I have to edit myself. But if you're in my house, just me and you, you will hear it. Also, I don't know if you've ever edited yourself on this podcast before. So we're learning and growing here. Yeah, Janine taught me a lot about myself this episode. There you go. Our life coach. There you go. Um, I charge $25 an hour. Oh, gotta go. Bye. It's cheap. It's a friends and family rate. Yeah. But there were parts of this movie that I feel held up. I think the general like vibe of capturing what it's like to be graduating from high school and feeling like your whole life is going to change and like the whole mm. world is out there and like feeling that kind of pressure of like I almost have to like get it all in type of thing. I also thought it was like a very honest depiction of how sex usually goes the first time. Like mm-hmm. I feel like usually in these movies there's a lot of like, you know, being draped in a sheet and both of the people being like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> so like Kenny yeah. lasting two minutes in a bathroom at a party, like that tracks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he was goofy and like as the movie went on, I liked him more. You know, I mean, obviously he had like just the horrible black scent. Yeah. But like there were some really nice, honest moments. And I really love the character Denise. I feel like she was like brought a degree of 
groundedness to everything, to all of the chaos. So I actually really like their little scene. I think that part of what you were saying, Chelsea, is why. But yeah, that definitely all holds up. And I thought they were cute. I don't know. I thought they were cute. I thought he was cute, even though he looked like he got a hold of the Conair bead magic. <laughs> I did write down bead magic. <laughs> you know, I thought he was cute with those goggles. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. I really did. I didn't know what to expect, especially after watching two minutes of Jack Nicholson. So this one really <laughs> threw me for a loop. Yeah, that's a jarring way to start. <laughs> I really loved watching the fashion and hair and, mm. and makeup. And it's funny because mm-hmm. talking about what holds up, like there are so many things, especially now as like we're in this big like 90s resurgence, 90s mm-hmm. Y2K era resurgence, especially for women, not as much the guys, but like yeah. mainly the women, you know, there's so many outfits. I'm like, oh my God, that's cute. Like I would wear that today. Yeah. That's one yeah. of my favorite thing about watching movies like that. And I feel like you can always tell the movies that are very intentional with the wardrobe department, mm. like it really sets the scene of where we are. It really mm. like takes you there. And I felt like this was one of those movies because there were so many people that were literally just in the background. But if you were to like pause and zoom in on any person there, it was like such a moment in time of what they were wearing. Unless you were looking at Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Girls are still basic, even back in 1998. You're right, you're right. So on that note, Janine, let everyone know where they can follow you. I am on Instagram at RetroAvocado, and it's a zero instead of an O, Retro with a zero. Um, On TikTok, Retro.Avocado. Basically, if you just type in RetroAvocado on any social, you will find me. There are not a lot of people with that moniker. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's always a great time with you. Oh, I feel the same. Thanks for having me back. Of course. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be covering the Brady Bunch movie next (gasps) week. Long awaited. And I got fucking catfished again. I got bamboozled into moderating one of Donnie's favorite movies again. So buckle up, people. (laughs) I'm going to be breaking out in hives as he Marsha, Marsha, Marsha's me. Oh, my God. I love that. Uh, So that is it. We will talk to you later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at RealDonnyWood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.